Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over, This word has given me life. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you will. Go to Job chapter 5. Job chapter 5. Hallelujah. Uh, I was ministering to the spiritual sons this morning, and, and uh, the Lord added a little something to what I'm going to minister to you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Job chapter 5, verse number 17. Are you there? If you're still turning, say, hold on. If you're in maps, get some tabs in the resource center. Job chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, behold, behold is important because he's saying, stop and pay attention. Happy is the man. Whom God corrects. Which means if you're unhappy right now, it's because you keep fighting God's correction. Now I could close the Bible and say that's church right there. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. For he bruises, but he binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. He shall deliver you in six troubles. Yes, in seven no evil shall touch you in famine. He shall redeem you from death and in war from the power of the sword. You shall be hidden from the scourge of the tongue and you shall not be afraid of destruction when it comes. What's verse 22? You're going to laugh <laughs> at destruction and famine. And let me add something in my version. And haters, and you shall not be afraid of the beasts of the earth. Watch me laugh at you. I know you're watching. Go to Job 42. Oh, I'm going to preach today. I, I, I may preach that. I ain't preached in four years, but Harvest turns four years old this Thursday. So I figured I might as well give y'all a little something. something. Job 42, 10. And then we're going to look at verse 16. You got it? And the Lord restored Job's losses. Watch this. Look what he had to do. When he prayed for them crazy friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much. Hold up a two. Put up a two. Put up a two. Peace up. All right. Now watch this. The Lord restored Job's losses when he did what? 
prayed for his friends. Indeed, who gave it to him? The Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Which means it don't matter who don't like you, they're not the ones giving it to you anyhow. It was the Lord that restored it, and it was the Lord that gave him twice as much as before. And when the Bible says restored, it does not mean he gave him back the exact same thing. Mm -mm. It has this connotation, he renewed it, which means what he gave him was better than what it was in the first place, because if it was all that in the first place, he wouldn't have had to take it. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? Watch verse 16. After this. <laughs> after he had to go through hell and high water and tribulation and breakers dashing and thunder and all of that, the Bible says after this, Job lived. Nowhere else in the account of his life do we see the Bible recording him ever living. We only see the Bible recording him existing. Look at your neighbor and say, once I come up out of this, watch me live like I've never lived before. Uh, Father, you hear me and you always hear me. I declare an after this moment in the lives of the people of Harvest. And we've not seen life yet. But after this, we shall live. tell you to take 30 seconds if you believe the prophetic word even before I say it. Bring my Shamir. Shout after this. Think about all the hell you've been going through and shout out after this. Think about the folks that's been lying on you and doing you wrong and shout out Job lived 140 years, which means there is life after tragedy. There is life after a divorce. There is life after bankruptcy. There is life after betrayal. There is life out of them walking out on you. There is life on dreams dying. There is life after mess. And he saw his children and his grandchildren four generations later. Now, that's funny because when Job was going through, he asked God to kill him. But the Bible says he saw four generations. Verse 17, I'm just talking about you. I don't know. So Job died old, watch this, but full of days. Which means he didn't have not one regret when he took his last breath. I want you to encourage somebody next to you and say, neighbor, there is an after this moment. Set up for you sooner than you think. High five two or three people on your way down and say, after this, after this, after this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I am wearing, thank you, I'm wearing the uh, garment of the Shamir, which is the garment of the prophet. This is what Elijah wore. Thank you. This is what Elijah wore. It was his mantle. Somebody say his mantle. Uh, which means this, that when I pull this out, you ought to get excited. Because when I pull this out, I'm not just stepping to preach to you. 
I'm stepping to prophesy the living word of God to you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Look at somebody and say, today is going to be your day. Today is going to be, hallelujah. You can be seated. Watch this. The book of Job is an interesting book because it tells the story of a man from the land of Uz. Uz was in North Africa, the same place that Israel, modern day Israel is today. It was not called Middle East until around World War II. It was regarded as North Africa into that time. The Bible says that he feared God and he ran from the very appearance of evil, which means this, that Job, even though he had to go through a lot and we're getting ready to look at what he had to go through, that tells me that even sometimes bad things happen to good people. Don't you think for one minute, just because you're serving God and getting the word and receiving the teaching about kingdom and all of that, that bad stuff is not going to happen. Sometimes bad stuff is going to happen to good people. And the challenge is not whether or not it will happen, but how you're going to endure it when it does happen. It is not a question of if, it is only a question of when. But look at your neighbor and say, there is an after this. Uh, Job had 10 children, 10 being the number of divine perfection. He was the greatest or the wealthiest man in all of the East, the Bible declares. And the Bible says daily, Job would get up and he would cover his family by rising up to pray daily. Matter of fact, he even sold offerings on behalf of his children. The Bible says just in case they were sinning, he would sow an offering for them. Job understood how to cover his family. Job understood that it's not just good to have a lot of money and a lot of stuff and not be spiritual. It's not just good to have a lot of stuff but not be able to stand the people that you live with. So Job, he covered his family daily. Watch this. There was a day though when there was a meeting about him. Y- y- y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I preach fine. There was a day When the Bible says the sons of God, in scripture, the sons of God, that phrase is an idiom for the angelic hosts. They came to a celestial meeting with God. It was a board meeting with the Donald himself. And he sits at the table and then Jesus, the Christ, the Theanthropos sits down right next to him. And they're having a meeting with the angelic hosts and Satan comes to the meeting because he's invited to the meetings. God no only allowed him there, but God invited him there. That's why you got to stop talking about I'm stomping on the devil. He ain't down there. He's up there meeting with God about you. The Bible says he is the great accuser of the brethren, which means Satan is not down up under your feet. He's actually up there meeting about you, trying to incite God against you. He's trying to accuse you and tell God everything that you are not. But somebody ought to thank God that there was Jesus who looks back at the Father and says, but let me tell you everything that they are. You got a lot of accusations about what they can't do, what they're not, but I got a lot of stuff to say about who they are. Ah, There's a meeting. Somebody say there's a meeting. There's a meeting now with the sons of God. Watch this. And it is God that volunteers Job. God asks Satan, where have you been? He says, I've been walking to and fro on the earth. And I've taught you this before. That means Satan's not omnipresent. So stop giving him credit for stuff he doesn't have the ability to do. He can't be messing with you and Big Mama back in St. Louis at the same time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, Now watch this. In all of that, he's walking to and fro on the earth. He does not say anything, and it is God, Yahweh, Yahweh, Wahweh, so great of a name that the Jews don't even utter the name. They just say the name. It 
is him, the one that formed the heavens and the earth and the one that decided that the universe and that this galaxy would be called the Milky Way and that it would have nine planets and that the planets would go off and go to and fro and that earth would be the habitation of human beings. It was so uh, uh, done so strategically that God said, I'll put the earth so far away from the sun that it won't consume the earth, but so close to the sun that it's able to warm and heat the earth. It's this God that formed every living thing. The God that formed the caterpillar, the God that formed the zebra, the God that knows the numbers on your head. It is this God that says, well, have you considered Job? Now, that's important to me because God, in essence, said, I got enough faith in Job that I put him up for promotion. God says, I trust Job so much that I'm going to volunteer him because I know I can trust him with trouble. Perhaps the greatest honor is not being bestowed with the blessing. Perhaps the greatest honor is not being given stuff. But perhaps the greatest honor is God saying, I can trust them with hell. I can trust them with some trouble. Somebody say that's the greatest honor. The deal was this. God and the enemy make a deal about Job. It is God playing chess with himself, going back and forth because he controls Satan and he controls everything else. The deal was that Satan would be able to get Job to curse God. He says, listen, God, uh, the only reason he serves you is because you've got a hedge around him. Now, here's what, here's, here's, here's what the deal is. Uh, Job didn't have any special heads of protection that you and I don't have. The same hedge that Job had is the same hedge that you and I have. He says, he's going to curse you to your face. What does the word curse mean? It means to turn from, stop serving, speak against, or to resent. Satan said to the Lord, he says, listen, if I take all of this stuff you've given him, I promise you he's going to turn from you, stop serving you, speak against you, and resent you. Can we just be honest for 10 seconds? You can lie the rest of the service, but right here. Can you just be honest that when you go through stuff, sometimes you get mad at God? Okay, y'all, y'all are here. Okay, let me talk about me. I guess I'm the only one that's gone through stuff and said, wait a minute now, I understand you God, but what's going on? Can we just tell the truth? Just a 10 second spine frame. That's all I need. You can, you can be religious rest of the service. I just need to tell the truth right there. In one day, God says to Satan, fine. Everything he has is in your hand. Now, watch this. In one day, somebody say one day. He gets four bad reports. Back to back to back to back. The first report was that the Sabians, or for those from the nation of Sheba, took 500 yoke of oxen, which means there was at least a 1,000 ox and the donkeys, and killed the servants. The second report was that fire fell from heaven and consumed his 7,000 sheep. It almost seemed like God was mad at him or God was against him. But remember, this was a blameless man that feared God and ran from the very appearance of evil. So why would a God that loves his people allow a blameless man to have to go through this? That's only the second report. The third report was that the Chaldeans came and took his 3,000 camels and killed the servants. And the fourth report, probably insult to injury, was that a windstorm made his children's house collapse on them and now they're all dead. 
all of that happens in a period of minutes. On Monday, he was living on top of the world. Back to eat. And by Monday night, everything is gone but that crazy wife of his. I'm talking about Joe. Don't y'all be looking over at this about seat. I'm talking about Joe. I'm talking about Joe. But what I love about Job is Job did not get mad at God. He did not go crazy. He did not begin to curse God. He did not begin to do anything that Satan said he would. Job's response, and I've taught you this before, after he got the last report, the Bible says he didn't say anything to anybody. He fell to his knees and he worshipped. Why? Because Job understood, I better find out what is this that's happening and what's going on. Because before I start rebuking and binding the devil, I better find out whether or not this is God. Sometimes your natural response when you feel spiritual is Satan, I come against you. And God is looking and saying, why are you calling him me? Are you still here? Job fell to his knees, the Bible records in verse 20 and 22. And Job there, it records that he fell to his knees and he worshiped. Watch this. He didn't use his trouble as an excuse to go back to the world. He didn't use his trouble as an excuse to quit coming to church. Because he knew if God is trusting me with this trouble, he must have something greater in mind. When are you going to stop using your trouble as an excuse to start cursing God? Y'all ain't saying nothing. After all of that, you think Job had had enough. Then they have another meeting. And the meeting's in heaven. And once again, God brings up Job's name. He says, Satan, where you been? Walking to and fro on the earth. He said, let me tell you something. Have you considered Job? Wait a minute, God. He just finished taking all his sheep, his camel, his luxury automobiles, his wonderful suits and clothes, and all of that, and his kids are dead. And now you want to talk about him again in the meeting. He says, you incited me, this is God talking to Satan, you incited me against him without cause that I would destroy him. And yet, after all of that, he's maintained his integrity. He didn't curse me. He didn't stop serving me. He didn't turn his back on me. So Satan responds, I'll tell you why, skin for skin. The only reason he's still serving you, God, is because you didn't kill him. And you didn't make it painful to live. He'll get over losing stuff. He'll even one day recover from losing his children. But the pain he would have to endure, that'll make him curse you. So the Lord says, behold, he's in your hands. Only you can't kill him. You can do whatever else you want to to him. But you cannot kill him. So watch this. God must have a lot of stock in Job. I'm here to tell you, stop thinking 
reason God is mad at you and doesn't think good things about you. God must think very highly about you in order to have two means about you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Go, go, go to Job 3. Go to Job 3. I want you to see this. Go to Job 3. I want you to see this. Uh, say, God thinks good stuff about me. He, he thinks wonderful things about you. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says in Hebrews that he chooses to forget your iniquity. He, he says, I choose not to know nothing bad about them. Do you not understand the only way God knows something negative about you is you got to tell him. Uh, Job chapter 3, I want you to go to verse number 4. You got it? It says this. Job begins to have a bit of a breakdown. I want you to see this. Job 3 verse 4. May that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor the light shine upon it. May darkness and the shadow of death claim it. May clouds settle on it. May the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, my darkness sees it. May it not rejoice among the days of the year. May it not come into the number of the months. Oh, may that night be barren. May no joyful shout come into it. May, may those curse it who curse the day, those who are ready to arouse the viathan. May the stars of its morning be dark. May it look for light, but have none, and not see the dawning of the day, because it did not shut up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide sorrow from my eyes. Job goes through the second experience when the Bible says he gets painful boils on his body to the place to where he took a pot sheared and began to scrape his body. He's sitting in the ashes of what was his great life at one point. He's looking back thinking, I had all of this a couple of days ago and two meetings later, I have nothing. So much to so, and I've already made reference to this, that his wife says, why do you continue to serve him? Why don't you curse him and die? You have to be careful how you talk to people when they're in the middle of trouble. Because what you say may alter their lives forever. So I know you call yourself trying to give them advice. What you need to just give them is word. Because if you try to give advice, that's the wrong advice when people are going through, they may take it. Uh, are you still here? Now watch this. I said this to you. A Job is going through all of this and he's not a bad man. Just because bad things happen to you doesn't mean you have to be bad. Question is, how do you talk when you go through trouble? But here's where Job's problems really start. His problems really start because Job has three friends that want to make an appointment to talk with him. Job's three friends want to come and mourn with him and comfort him. And the Bible says that when these friends show up, that Job was in so much pain that for seven days they did not even speak. All they did was look at one another. Sometimes the best thing you can do to help people is nothing. Sometimes you don't need to have a scripture. Sometimes you don't need to have an encouraging word. Sometimes the best thing you can do is look at somebody and just let them know that you're there. Now, I ain't got nothing to say to you. I just want you to know I'm standing with you. These three friends show up and you think because they're spiritual, sanctified, tongue-talking believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that they would have good stuff to say. The problem is, is they gave Job mixed counsel. 
The first friend, Eliphaz, his name means God is gold. Y'all want to die for just a moment? That means Job's first consultation was with his bank account. Your neighbor missed it. The first friend that wants to meet with you when you're going through trouble is your money. Because it wants to start telling you jokes. Remember when we used to do this? Remember when you used to get to do this? Remember you used to go, you can't even get no this now. You can't do this now. You can't even do that. Remember when you used to have a this and a that and a that and you used to have a Bentley and you used to have this and you used to have this and you used to have that. You can't even do that now. Now you're riding the bike. So the first friend that shows up to talk to you is the money you used to have. Okay, y'all can't dive on a Sunday morning. Y'all can't dive. The second friend that shows up is Bildad. Bildad means Bill has love. The second person that shows up in your life to talk to you is somebody that used to be loved that ain't loved no more and want to convince you that it's real bad for you. Misery loves company. So the second friend that shows up is somebody that's miserable. Now be careful when you're going through because miserable people, they'll come and say, I'm praying for you. And in secret and in hiding, they're really saying, I hope that this doesn't work out for them. I hope that this doesn't work for them. I hope it doesn't happen for them. Bill that shows up because they used to be loved. There's somebody that used to be favored, but God's not with anymore. The third friend. Are y'all all right? I'm just trying to die just a little bit. This is just like two feet water. That's all I'm trying to do. The third friend that showed up, his name was Zophar. His name means doubtful. So the third friend and the final friend that shows up is doubt. Why? Because the enemy's real goal is to make you lose your will to live. And doubt is the quintessential element to get you to not desire to live. This is why when you're going through trouble, you'll wake up some morning and say, oh, here it is, I got to go through this day again. I wish sometimes I just wouldn't wake up. I wish sometimes I just didn't have to deal with this. And the enemy says, if I can get you to doubt, I will be able to steal your will to live because you won't even desire to see another day. Am I talking to anybody? Job begins to have a breakdown in chapter 3. There are four phases to the experiences. Y'all all right? That we have in life. Go to Hebrews 12. Four phases. Four phases. Four phases. Somebody say after this. Verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Watch this. And let us run with endurance the race that is what? Set before. Watch this. You got races that God has set in front of you. Your neighbor's problem is they keep trying to run somebody else's race. The race set in front of you is based on what God has told you to do. And the Bible says, let us run that race how? With endurance. But what did he tell you to do? He said, you need to take that weight up off of you. And he says, then make sure that you ain't getting caught up with a bunch of sin stuff to where you start missing the race and you start running on somebody else's track. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
watch this, looking unto Jesus. That means I got to watch his pattern. See, a lot of people say, I want to be like Jesus. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5 that Jesus had to learn obedience by the things which he suffered. It even goes so far as to say that he was perfected as he continued to grow in years and in stature. Which means even Jesus, the anthropos, so much God, you could not believe he was man. So much man, you could not believe he was God. Even he had to be perfected. So if he had to be perfected, who are you? You're going to have to be perfected too. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to be perfected too. The Bible says he learned obedience, Hebrews 5, by the things which he suffered. Now, now watch verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and what? Finisher of our faith, who before the joy that was set before him, what did he do? Endured the cross. Oh, I'm for the priest of myself despising the shame, and what did he sit? He sat down at the right hand of the fathers. Go down to verse 4. Yet you have not so resisted to bloodshed. Watch this, look at me. He said, Jesus had to go through so much stuff, it took him all the way to death and bloodshed. I'm here to tell you, you may be going through some stuff, but it ain't that bad. Come on now. You ain't dead. Look at the neighbor say, it's not that bad. You still living, you still got breath in your body, your legs still move, your hands still work, your eyes still move. It's not that bad. But the question becomes, is how do you handle your cross? You're not hearing what I'm saying. You have been given a cross that is part of your race that you got to be able to handle. I told the Lord, God, I do not want to be a pastor, let alone a bishop, because I don't want to have to handle that cross. And let me tell you why I told him that. Can I just be transparent? I'm going to say it anyhow. I got to my... I said, I don't want to do it because I don't want to be dealing with crazy folk. It's amazing that the people you help the most are the first people. The ones crying Hosanna on Sunday are the ones crying crucify him on Wednesday. I don't understand how somebody that you help through abusive marriages and somebody that you help when their husband's beating on them and cheating on them and bringing them STDs and all of this. I don't understand how they're the first person to turn on you. So... understand that and then they want to run their mouth oh that's a cult no it wasn't a cult when you was asking for gas and getting your rent paid take that to the bank you got a cross you got to bear and the question is are you going to bear it and endure it because you know one day soon there's going to be a after be seated watch this The first thing that happens to Job is devastation. We've already looked at that. That's the cross you got to bear. That's the folk that you do the most for, and yet they're the most ungrateful. That's the cross you got to bear. That's the people who you're taking their calls three and four hours on the weekend and all of this, and and you're not even enjoying your life because you're so busy trying to help them get their life together. And Can you endure that? See, you know what you need to not get addicted to? Don't get addicted to the good stuff that person sitting next to you says about you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do that. Because well, Bishop, they just love And I love when people tell me good things. Bishop, I appreciate you. But, but the same people that I've heard come to me and, oh, Bishop, and, oh, Super Bishop, and Big Bishop, and, oh, Bishop, oh, Shonda, Mitsubishi, and Super Rooneum, and, oh, thank you, oh, Dad, oh, Wonder Dad, Super Dad, Big Daddy, Kane, all this. Are the same folk 
that the moment I say something, they don't like. So I'm not addicted to that stuff. Used to be. I'll be honest. Not addicted to it anymore. So my response is, glory to Jesus. Real Bishop, you preach today. Real Bishop, you bless me. Because I understand that some folk got two tongues. You'll get that later. I got to move. Uh, say four phases. The first phase is breakdown. Oh, excuse me. The second phase is breakdown. I'm sorry. The first phase is devastation. Devastation is what happens. It's a situation. Job lost everything in a day. And you think to yourself, well, if God was taking stuff, and I said it jokingly, but in all seriousness, it was Job's wife that said, why don't you just curse God and die? Now, it's funny how the devil didn't take her. The enemy will leave a buffer. Paul called it a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. He said he'll leave that there. So he'll take all this other stuff and lead somebody crazy. And he'll say, well, when you was taking stuff, why couldn't you take all of them? When you was killing for, why couldn't you have got, you know, I love the Lord, but I'm just asking. Can we be real? Because I'm telling you, somebody's getting ready to walk into an after this. And you can walk with me in the mind or you can stay stuck in your devastation. Second thing, he has a breakdown. He curses his birth and he wishes that he was dead. He's trying to figure out how the people that keep doing wrong seem like they get away with it. I'm here to tell you, though, there's something that those folks don't know is that judgment will do what words cannot. And you're trying to convince certain people and tell them, you better stop, you better stop that. Judgment's going to teach them what your words will never be able to teach them. And when the judgment of the Lord comes, the fear of the Lord shall be restored. Job says this in his breakdown, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. It was his devastation that revealed to him that he still had some fear that he needed to conquer. Job in chapter 4, I don't have time to go there, but you can look at it. Job begins to say, I'm the one always helping everybody, and now the one helping everybody needs help. And the only three people sitting up there to help him are crazy. You ever tried to figure that out how you got all the answers for everybody else and when you need some answers, they ain't got nothing? You said, when, I, when you was going through stuff, I had scriptures, I had CDs, I had tapes, I had taken over magazines, I had all this, and now I'm going through something and you ain't got nothing except turn it over to Jesus. That's all you got. That's the best you got. Job, in his breakdown, gets so discouraged, he asks God to cut him off and leave him alone. He questions God and asks him, how long is this going to last? He gets to the point to where he says, why don't you just leave me alone? You've taken everything that I've ever treasured, except just create the talking wife and them three crazy friends. Other than that, there's nothing here. He says, why don't you just cut me off and leave me alone? Let me die and go to Sheol. It's written in your Bible in chapter 6. I don't have time to go there. He questions God. I'm here to tell you, when you are in your breakdown, you will question God. 
But can I tell you a secret? He don't have nothing to say back. Why, Bishop? When you are taking a test, the teacher cannot talk because they may mess up and give you the answer. That's why he said, watch this, in Psalm 71, uh, David, he's talking about all of these issues he's going through. He says, until I came into the sanctuary and I understood their end. Well, watch this. Come into church just so you can get equipped to do what? Take tests. You want to hear from God, you need to be in class. Because you're trying to break the rules and get him to talk during the test. Raise your hand. Can you tell me? With this one, now multiple choice. Can you tell me? Can I use? Can I use, lifeline? Can I get to 50 50? Call a friend. Let me pull the audience. This is not who wants to be a millionaire. This is who wants to be a king and a priest. Are there any kings and any priests in the house? Questions God, be seated and ask him how long. He keeps going back and forth with all of his friends. The problem is they're not giving him the whole story. And then in Job's breakdown, he starts looking at the past and reliving the nightmare. This is the breakdown. The breakdown is that in the middle of your sleep, your sleep is interrupted and you are awakened. And you are awakened to thoughts of what happened. You're awakened to the tragedy and to the devastation and to all of those things that took place. Job, he starts looking at the past and reliving the nightmare. Let me help you understand something. Everybody's had bad stuff happen to them. Whether you saved, unsaved, tall, short, this, that, over here, OPP, whatever. Whether you got with this or you got with that, either one, you're going through some stuff. Are you still here? Here's the deal. The deal is, is how many times are you going to let them do that to you? I'm going to say it again. Some folk never stop living a nightmare. And they don't have to go to the movies to see Freddy. They live one every day. Why? Because they're so stuck in the past that every day what happened to them continues to rehappen. And it happens again and again and again. I know they molested you, but how many times are you going to continue to allow them to do it? Because every time you relive that memory, they're doing it to you all over again. I know they betrayed you and you trusted them and you thought they'd always be there, but how many times are you going to get kissed on the cheek? There's nothing good about the past. If it was, you'd still be there. I know some bad things have happened. But you got to understand, God knew that he could trust you with it. Which means, guess what? You're more powerful than you think. Some of y'all are saying, it seems like this trouble is overwhelming. But if he trusted you with it, he must have thought you were bigger than it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But Job, 
as he's going through this breakdown and he's questioning God. And I'm here to tell you, it's all right to ask questions of God. I know there was a day when we were taught, you don't question God. And that's why you're mad as the world and everybody else. You're mad and everybody can't even have a decent conversation with nobody because you got all these questions pent up and can't nobody answer them but him. And you sitting here trying to ask your neighbor, but tell me what you think. They don't know. They're working out their own after this. How two people in the same place going to tell one another where they're going? It's all right to ask questions, but remember while you're taking the test, he may not answer. But the Bible says throughout all of this where Job curses his life and he's going back and forth and he's saying, God, why don't you just kill me? Why don't you just let me go? Why don't you just leave me alone? The Bible says he maintained his integrity. Listen, what is his integrity? What he knew about God and what he'd been taught about God. He said, even though I'm going through this temporary breakdown, this is going to be over after a while. This too. So, so I'm not going to sit up in here and turn my back on the one that gave me all of that stuff in the first place. I'm not going to stop coming to church. I'm not going to stop serving. So saying that that's what you thought was going to happen, you should have messed with somebody else because I'm a bad man. You don't know who you messing with. Not going to get me to stop praying. Not going to get me to stop studying my word. Not going to get me to stop using those CDs. Not going to get me to stop. I shall maintain my integrity. While you're going through that, you may act a little weird. But maintain your integrity. What you know about him, what you've been taught about him. That may mean sometimes you may just have to have a moment by yourself. People saying, well, why are they just over there just by themselves? Because they in a after this moment. Well, I tried to call them. They didn't answer the phone. I tried to ask them what's wrong with them. Can I tell you a secret? Lean up because I don't want your neighbor to know. Lean up. Secret. The worst thing you can do to somebody that's going through something is ask them what's wrong. They don't want to talk about it with you. And so you're thinking, I was fine until you started asking me what's wrong. You done messed up my whole half hour. (laughs) Married women, let me tell you a secret. When he's weird acting, give him a moment. No, we don't talk about this now because see, this is what I'm talking about. All the time you're going to run in there. Stop. Give him a moment. Because you may catch something that was supposed to be put at something else and then now you've done all that and now you're mad and go talk to me like that give them a moment husbands you can do the same thing because some women they'll cut you too you just got to give them a moment parents if you got teenagers and they're going through they're they, they hormones they don't know what they're doing whether they're coming they're going they're all off Give them a moment. I don't know because see, when we was getting raised, Mama said, "Listen, that was forty years ago. The principles the same, but the application has to be different. Let them do whatever they got to do. Tell them you got five minutes. So I suggest you get all what you got to get worked out in this five minutes, because at five thirty-six, we for the talk." 
You got five minutes to do whatever you want to do. At 5.36, we're talking. That was totally free. That wasn't even part of the... uh, He has devastation. He has breakdown. But my God, Billy has breakthrough. You're not breaking through anything until you first had a breakdown. So when you're getting up saying, this is my year of breakthrough, I feel breakthrough, I feel breakthrough, what you're saying is, I'm ready to go through breakdown. See, people got to tell you what's on the other side of these confessions. On the other side of breakthrough means breakdown. Are you still here? Uh, what was damaged most, and I said this on Wednesday, and I said this then, I got to move, was Job's will to live. What does that mean? Move forward. Try again. When you go through devastation, sometimes the thing that, 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 that happens to you that's most devastating is not actually the thing that happened, but it steals your passion to want to try it again. And so you say, well, this relationship didn't work. And so what I'm going to do is just, you know, ain't no good people out there. And so I'm not even going to try again. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? It steals your will to live. You don't want to try loving again. You don't want to try trusting again. Because you know what you say? Well, the last time I trusted somebody. And see, they short just like him. They're about the same complexion too. See? See? Mm-mm. You started the business and it failed. And so now Satan says, if I can get you not to try again, I got you. Taking the stuff wasn't even what I was after. I was after your will to live. Why? Jesus said, I am come that you might means it's not guaranteed it's a choice it's predicated upon something i am come that you might have life so satan says i need to steal your will to live are you still here and devastation will do that but watch this it was in job's breakthrough which means he had to go through the time of the process now you choose whether or not that's a day two days 11 days or 40 years Your neighbor, not you, the other one, has been in a breakdown way too long. And it's time for them. Push them real good and say, it's time for you to break through. Push them. I mean, knock them off the seat. Tell them. (laughs) I didn't mean that literally. Harvest Christian Center assumes no liability for any damages or injuries sustained during service. Remember, in his breakdown, he felt like he couldn't hear God. But when Job began to come higher above all of the devastation, God started asking him questions. And when he once felt like he couldn't hear God, God began to interrogate him. It's in this moment of breakthrough that you get over what they did and what they may still be doing because you know what their end shall be. So, Bishop, how do I know when I'm getting to a breakthrough moment? Well, you can say, I said this a few weeks, I'm over it. 
But they did such and such and such and such and such and such. I'm over it. Well, well, but remember, you did this and this and this and this and this and this. I remember that. I'm over that. It's in the moment where you can look at the people that did you the way they did you and look at them and say, God bless you. Be encouraged. To where you know you've broken through. Watch this. So, Bishop, what happens in the breakthrough? Go to Job 42.6. We got to move. Job 42.6. Y'all all right? I wanted to be done 10 minutes ago. But y'all doing all this shouting. Somebody must believe what's being ministered to them today. Somebody must believe that after this ain't coming, it's here now. Go to Job 42.6. Watch this, watch this. Here's how you know you're, you're on breakthrough. You ready? When you stop blaming them and you look at you and see, well, what could I have done differently? When you stop looking at them and that and it and he and she and all that. Job 42.6. Now remember, Job was what? Blameless. He didn't sin against nobody, but look at what he does, Job 42.6. Therefore, I abhor myself or despise myself, and I what? Repent. He didn't do nothing wrong to nobody. But Job said, wait a minute. While I may not have sinned against somebody, there was some stuff in me you were using this trouble to reveal about me. I didn't know I had fear and I, <clears throat> until this happened. No, I didn't really trust you the way I said I did until this happened. So he says, I repent. Teshuvah in Hebrew, I change directions. Look at somebody say, I change directions. It's in his breakthrough moment that Job says, I don't care what the Sabaeans did to me. I don't care what the Chaldeans did to me. I don't care what that fire from heaven did. I don't care uh, uh, what the winds from the east and the west did to my children. What is it that I could have done differently? How can I be different? Because I can't fix the wind. I ain't changing the Chaldeans. I can't change the Sabians. But who I can change is the man in the mirror. Are you still here? Somebody shout after this. Now, this is the good part where we begin to shout. Y'all ready to shout a little bit? Uh, go to Job chapter 14. We've already looked at it a little bit, but I want you to see it because the Bible thought enough about it to mention it twice. The Bible says, at the mouth of two or three, let a thing be established, which means anytime you see something mentioned in Scripture more than once, it was very, very important to God. He could have only mentioned it once. He did it more than once because it was important to him. Y'all ready? Three things. Here it is. Job 14, 5. You got it? Watch this. Watch this. Somebody say, after this. Since his days are determined, the number of his months is with you. You have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. Watch this. Look at me. You have an expiration date for here. Once you have your breakthrough moment, let me tell you what you stop doing. You stop wasting time because you understand I got limits.
No, because see, your neighbor didn't get that. Because I'm going to tell you how I know, because they didn't shout. Uh, watch this. When you have your breakthrough moment, you start looking at stuff differently. And stuff that used to get you upset and used to get you mad and used to get you frustrated, you look at it and say, If you think I'm going to waste my time and sit up and have a pretty party and get tissues for all of my issues, you're crazy. I'm not wasting one more minute on this, on that, on that. I got too much living to do. Somebody shout after this. Second thing. Go to Job 8. I misspoke. This is the thing God mentioned twice in the life of Job. Uh, coincidentally, he mentioned you having limits tw several times as well. Job 8, verse 21, you got it? No, no, watch this. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to make you laugh. You spent too much time crying, too much time frustrated and mad and angry and losing sleep. God says, I'm going to fill your lips with, I'm going to make you laugh at it. Then when you'll sit back and look at it. <laughs> what in the world? I dare you to look at your neighbor and laugh at him right quick. Look at him and laugh. <laughs> but ask him, why are you laughing? <laughs> Verse 22. Because those who hate you shall be clothed with shame. And the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to nothing. So number one, you won't waste time. Number two, you're going to laugh a lot. Some of you are so serious, you can't even enjoy church because you're just so serious. You're stuck in your devastation. And everybody, your neighbor laughing, going crazy. They about knocked you off your chair the other minute. And you're just sitting there just stuck in the third heaven. You need to come up out of there and start laughing. The Bible says laughter is good. It's good for your soul. There's some situations you'll look back and say, why in the world was I crying over them anyhow? What, why in the world was I upset over that anyhow? God's going to make me laugh. And the third thing we've already looked at, and it was our opening text, Job 42. He says, and God gave him double. And then, of course, the preachers, you know, he gave him double for his trouble. I'll go with that. Watch this. See, but Bishop, I lost four friends. Good. Then you have eight. Your Bible says this, not me. Bishop, I lost two cars to, to repossess. And wonderful. Now you're going to have four. See, if you just would believe this thing and stop thinking that these are just creative stories. I lost a million dollar contract. Good. Then to get a two billion dollar contract. God says, I will restore to you. And remember, restore doesn't mean take it back to the last condition. He means I'm going to make it better. I'm going to give you 
double. But what was Job's breakthrough moment? What was the pinnacle of it? When he prayed for the very ones Can I tell you what? Job's breakdown would have probably lasted about a day or two had he not had them crazy jokers around him. They, they, they took him from chapter 4 to chapter 42. Who you got sitting up in your ear that's prolonging your midnight? After this, Job lived. I don't know who this is for. I told you, me. <laughs> In all seriousness, this is a word for us all. Somebody say, after this, Father, in this moment, I declare that we shall begin to move and walk in the realms that you have ordained before the very foundation of this earth. As you begin to stand on your feet, I want you to do something. I want you to begin to let out a praise that's not an emotional praise, but that's a praise that understands there is an after this moment for me.